0: What were the Salem Witch Trials? What sparked the investigation into witchcraft in Salem, Massachusetts? And how was the practice of witchcraft viewed in 17th century New England? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Happy Halloween, everyone. Since this is one of the spookiest days of the year, we're going to do a deep dive into one of the spookiest events in history. Now, some of you may be familiar with the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus, but before that, the ultimate witch hunt took place between 1692 and 1693 in Salem Village, Massachusetts. We're going to talk about the Salem witch trials during this time more than 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft and 20 were executed over the course of a year now it's important to keep in mind that when hearing that horrible statistic this was not just some mysterious event but it actually affected real people and their families so what ended the Salem witch trials how was evidence used to accuse someone of witchcraft and what role does witchcraft play in Salem today Well, here to talk me through all of this is historian and author Marilyn Roach. Marilyn, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, you know, this is a perfect topic to be covering during the time of Halloween because it really is spooky and um, you know, we we learn about this in school, but it's it's something that I feel like people don't really spend enough time on, um, because so much happened. So let's just start from the beginning. How did the Salem witch trials come to be?
1: Well, it all blew up in a really tense time to begin with because there was a war going on between france and england and the, their colonies so that there were frontier raids from french canadians and their native allies going on at the uh reg- uh the outer regions of new england and new york so uh, this did nothing good for the economy because of war expenses and the fact that each side had privateers so that you The New England fishing and trading was uh, beset by French privateers and regular pirates, too. So that didn't do the economy any good. And Massachusetts, for one, did not have a legal government because the charter that made us legal had been rescinded by England some time ago. A new one had uh, had just been signed by the king, but nobody really knew what was in it yet. How much self-government people have here? And how much attention would this crown, at, would London generally, Privy Council, all those politicians. People oh. didn't know how much they could govern themselves and how much they would be told to do. And uh, so it was, nobody quite knew what was going to happen next. Then within Salem, Greater Salem, which was bigger than it is now, the rural part of town called Salem Village. Want Some people there wanted to split off, be their own town. Other parts of the original boundary line had been set off as other towns. It, it was just too far to go to the middle of town for town meetings and church uh, So Salem Town didn't want to lose any more territory. And the people in the village didn't necessarily want to break from it, from the mother town. They're also at odds with each other over the minister that they've hired. Uh, it seems all settled. He's there. He's ordained and, and he's giving sermons, doing pastoral work. But there's a number of people who really wish somebody else had been hired. I think it's a lot of personality conflict. Mm. So that there are people who really don't like having him there and stop paying their share of his salary. It's winter the woodpile's getting low, it's cold. Everybody is on edge. And then at the end of January, there's this terrific attack on York, Maine, which is in the southern part of Maine, getting rather close to Massachusetts. And that scares everybody because it's a real, it's a real problem in the physical world. It's at this time that two girls in the minister's household in Salem Village begin acting strangely, making odd noises, complaining of aches and pains. They don't seem to have any explanation. Uh, crawling under the furniture, one's nine, the other's 11, so they're just little kids. But uh, they, the family uses home remedies. That doesn't seem to help. They call in all the doctors in the area, the physicians. Of course, that's not medical training as it is now, but they, they know something. And they can't come up with a diagnosis. So they've tried to find out an earthly cause for this. Until one of the doctors says perhaps they're under an evil hand, meaning under a curse. Uh, So they don't do anything about that right away. But one of the neighbors, a full member of the local church, who should know better than to tamper with magical things, suggests to the two servants in the family to enslave uh, Indians, uh, they call John and Tituba Indians, uh, uh, tell, tells them uh, an English folklore method of repelling the evil that has been cast into the girls, as they assume, and and making it boomerang back to the witch who's who who's started paying this trouble, and that would hurt that person, a witch could be a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. And then that person would come and and try to find out how to stop the pain that's been put put back on them, and then they'd know who it was. But that doesn't happen. The the witch cake that that you makes. makes. Uh, well, you take a piece of the afflicted person, and that would be to simplify things. Uh, some of the girls' urine, because it's easily extracted. You don't have to cut off uh, the hair or anything. Right you mix it with uh let's see, uh you're making a little little wad of dough with cheap flour, they used rye meal and uh bake it in the ashes and then feed it to the dog. They assume there's a dog in them And I think at this point that's supposed to the dog's teeth and, and digestive processes is supposed to uh, ha- <clears> the hot excuse me, harm the witch responsible because something of the evil person is in the magic that is now being chewed up by the dog called sympathetic magic. Well, it didn't do what it was assumed to do. Instead, I think it just scared the girls even more. Right. So that, that would so scare that, me too. <laughs> well, yeah, Cause now the adults are taking this seriously. Yes. <laughs> and um, they start seeing apparitions and, and actually, I guess if a person is really upset and, and breathing, uh, Too shallowly and rapidly, you don't. You're not getting enough oxygen to your brain or your eyes, and you get. And it apparently, this is what I've read, can make the peripheral vision close in, so it gets dark, and maybe you think somebody's creeping up on you, maybe. But anyway, they report apparitions. They, if people haven't been questioning them directly as to who is hurting you, they've probably overheard the adults speculating who might be the witch so they name names and one is titular who has made the witch case uh one is sarah good who's a local uh woman who's resorted to begging in order to feed her children mm-hmm. she's come down in the world she's in a perfectly nice family and then the father dies that father takes the inheritance mm-hmm. in, in a difficult place and uh, another woman who's rather an invalid at this point but she's made a very unwise marriage to her former bond servant that so these three names are named the girls don't get any better uh three people in the neighborhood not not the father of the children there's two more girls by the way on different sides of the village who are having similar symptoms they're having
0: convulsion no. okay real quick to jump in I don't want to interrupt but um just wanted to ask you so the two original girls you were referring to in 1692 that was Elizabeth Betty Parrish she was nine and Abigail Williams she was 11 so those were the first ones to be accused they're the first supposedly uh, uh, victims victims okay yeah they, so the accusers <laughs> They were. I see. I see. So then um, I I was thinking accused of being or using witchcraft. They were accused by. No, no, they 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 were considered to be the victims of a witch somewhere out there. Okay, so that's what I wanted to clarify. Great. So Dr. William Griggs, he was the one that said this could be witchcraft. That's what's assumed. Yes. Wow. Um, so continue on. There were other people. And, uh, and one other quick question, just based off of something you said a little bit earlier. You said they were moving and they were convulsed, like they were doing there were these convulsions. They were crawling under the furniture. Did anyone think that it could have been a possession of some sort? Did they call a priest to perform an exorcism?
1: Ah, well, they're Puritans in, the, in this town. Ah. So no priest. <laughs> that would be a Catholic thing. I or possibly Church of England, but... Uh, No, they don't do exorcisms, but people who have been assumed to be bewitched or possessed, uh, the minister would pray for them, pray over them perhaps. But the idea is to, uh, well, they're not addressing the supposed devil, if they thought there was a devil, in them running things, taking over their body, which isn't the case here in Salem i see there was a case earlier in massachusetts where a devil appeared allegedly to speak from the victim's mouth so he'd taken over the control he's hacked like hacking the computer right but uh that's it wasn't an exorcism it's uh they're they're praying for i guess the girl that's strength to uh Withstand
0: looking back now and and having studied this, do you think that it could have had to do with maybe an exorcism or a possession of some sort of these of these men and women or girls and boys?
1: Oh yeah, I don't think so. I think it was a psychological fear, a lot of fear, and then uh, later when a couple of them Tried to change their stories and say they were greatly mistaken in what they had said. They were accused by the, those who were still acting the witch. They were accused of selling out to the witches and joining the de- the devil's side because mm. what what these witch specters were supposedly threatening them with was if you don't join us, we'll just keep hurting you, and we seem to be in real pain, or at least convincingly enough for the uh, the onlookers supposed to. So then they had to change their story back. And it it just made everything worse.
0: Okay. Worse how? Because so now people have heard about this and there are multiple people involved. And what did they do to try to remedy this? Because something that we learn about all the time and, you know, burning at the stake, these executions, (laughs) they would tie their hands and throw them in the water and see if they floated. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Ah uh, well, in England and Engli- Eng- English colonies, witchcraft was a felony, and felons were hanged. So everybody over here was found um, guilty of witchcraft, which of course was big thing, uh, was hanged, not burned, oh. unless the verdict was reversed. The uh, swimming a witch, which is throwing them in the water, uh, that was an English, well, in European folk custom, but. Uh, Religious authorities, certainly in Massachusetts, had written against it as saying that it was a superstition and you shouldn't be toying with superstition in right. this case. Well, it was done in Connecticut at the request of some suspects, who unfortunately floated.
0: So they float but and they kill them if they float. And, but if they well, sink, they, then they drown? Well, they could drown.
1: I mean, there were cases elsewhere like England and Europe where they did from, But uh, they floored, I guess their clothes were their petticoats buoyed them up and they hauled them out. They didn't die. And uh, at, in those Connecticut cases, the, the the judges thought that that really wasn't a good idea. We'll, we'll wait and find more evidence. So
0: well, no mind. kidding, uh, Marilyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My goodness. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> but
1: fortunately, someone Saw that, and they just they postponed things, and, and finally, that they were their case was either dismissed or they were found not
0: guilty. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
1: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here, and more. So
0: ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So just to go back to these original people who were um, accused of being or, uh, you know, of being the victims of, of this witchcraft, so what happened to go from, you know, you're seeing these people acting weird, and now we're going to take action. How did that timeline unfold?
1: Okay, so uh, February, they feeling worse and worse. And on the 29th of February, because it was a leak here, uh, four men in the neighborhood of Salem Village went to the Salem Town down by the fort and made a com- uh, complaint before the magistrates. Uh, the magistrates thought it was enough Problem. He had to, to be examined, so they issued arrest warrants for the three suspects, which for good and bad uh, who were arrested and brought to, well, actually Ingersoll's Tavern in Salem Village. The judges went up to the village to uh have their hearing. Uh, it's it, it's a tavern because one of the deals about getting your liquor license was that you had to be you had to let your premises be used for public meetings and in the occasional court case, because there's not a lot of public buildings, mm-hmm. just the meeting house and in Salem town, also a townhouse with public business. Money. So they are in Salem Village, and there are so many people who want to see this because this is really exciting stuff. They have to move the, pr- uh, the process to the meeting house down the road because it's a larger building. And they quest, uh, the magistrates question uh, Sarah Good. She says she's innocent. And they don't, well, they figure this is suspicious enough to hold her for future trial. And Sarah Osborne says the same thing. They hold her for future trial. And then they start questioning Tituba, who, because she's enslaved, has even fewer prospects of anybody helping her. So she also says she's innocent. She says she's, and then she said she's a victim of the witches too. She's kind of making answers that they, the judges appear to want to, to expect to hear. Mm-hmm. So she ends up telling this long story, where there are other witches than just the one suspects in the neighborhood. They flew through the air the night before. They hurt the girls in this part of the village and that part of the village and. And they said they hurt Tituba, or they kill her if they didn't go along with them. And and, uh, there were all these other witches coming from Boston and and elsewhere, but she doesn't know who they are. And at that point, I guess she's exhausted. But uh, that's the end of the hearing. The three women are jailed and held for future trial, and everybody else in town is left wondering who are the other witches. So all the old resentments and uh, the gossip and everything comes up to the fore and people are thinking the worst of each other. Not everybody, but right. and uh, it's, not a good, I, it's not a good time.
0: It, sorry to interrupt again. Um, are these women or are men involved too? Eventually there will be men uh,
1: accused also because of the 19 who were at Keng during the course of this year. Five of them were men.
0: Hmm. How do you think this spread so quickly? I mean, you, you started with a couple—you you know, the, those two original girls, a nine-year-old, and an eleven-year-old—and now all of a sudden, you have nineteen. How did that happen?
1: Uh, yeah, well, by the match first, at the first hearing, there was also another eleven-year-old and an older girl who was uh, who lived in different parts of the village. I—it was kind of like a flashpoint to people anxieties at the time mm. it it just seemed it, i don't have all the answers for it but uh it just seemed like it was the worst possible time for everything to coincide and eventually when people start confessing because they they're so confused and frightened during the questioning which is not which is not acting on the idea that you can supposed to be considered innocent until proven guilty Mm because the magistrates thought there's really something against these people and they 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 did not question them in a neutral manner so a number of people started to confess because it appeared also besides the fact they did as they said later they didn't know what they were saying at, at some point but if you those who did confess their trials were delayed so that they could be used as witnesses against this supposed co conspiracy as a few of them did. Uh eventually they would have been tried as some were and found guilty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which didn't which kind of ended that theory of safety. Right. So uh, so it was a big mess. But by by the end of the summer we just had so many contradictions with it and also probably more people having relatives or friends they trust accused that there was more opposition.
0: What happened if they were found guilty? Well, the people who were tried during the summer of
1: 1692 by the upper court went before a grand jury. Some of the indictments were dismissed not enough evidence, but then they'd go to, to a trial jury. And those who were found guilty were hanged. Wow, there were some by the end of the summer. There were some who had been found guilty, but they had not yet been hanged and uh, they were kind of waiting in limbo for the next step of hanging that almost happened the next winter, but did not so eventually, after the had cooled, they were allowed to return home once. They uh, paid jail fees, court fees, room and board. It it wasn't free. Uh, And then they could go home. Of course, the neighbors might still think that they're still, But they did get to go home if they survived. I mean, a couple of people died in jail because jails were not intended to hold a lot of people or anybody for a long time. So the uh, sanitation was really primitive. And some people just died. Of wow,
0: what 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 about the burning at the stake? That's something we hear a lot about. That was in Europe and Scotland. Okay, so that was that was in a different location. Um yeah. and not, then not can, not New England. Can you tell me some other things that they would do to test if someone was a witch? Well, there was the touch test, which
1: the magistrates, the judges who were asked, who were doing this, thought was scientific. It wasn't. But the idea of somebody having convulsions, that the supposed victim is having a convulsion, and seems to be really suffering, it's because the witch, alleged witch, is casting evil into them, presumably from her, her or his eyes. Giving someone a dirty look was assumed to project something from their body into the victim. Of course, optics as a science was really in its infancy, and I think it was Sir Isaac Newton who had only recently figured out that vision is light reflecting into the eye and not some ability projected from the eye, which would if if it were like that, it would make more sense that you giving someone a hairy eyeball would really do them damage but uh the idea if if something is projected into the victim, if the perpetrator touches their arm say then the the hurt would flow back into that person. Some sort of magical osmosis, and it appeared to work because the bewitched expected it to work. They'd calm down, either they're convinced of it themselves or they're just lying at this point. I, there were so many people who, at different times, were aff- supposedly afflicted. There were many, many reasons why different people acted, but it would seem that if if they did touch their victim. Then the hurt would stop, and that would show that you were probably projecting the eagle in the first place. Mm. This was supposed to bleed. If you did it at all in court, it was supposed to be a matter of suspicion. It wasn't supposed to be anything that would convict you. But that was about it.
0: Are there any myths or inaccuracies that are often talked about when um, discussing the Salem witch trials? I mean, is there anything that we talk about today that you, you go that is actually inaccurate? Maybe oh, the burning yeah. at the stake.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of them. People do show up in Salem nowadays wanting to know the location where they were burned at the stake. But oh, uh, yeah, the idea that if you accuse your neighbor of witchcraft, then they got arrested that you would get their land but you didn't because a you wouldn't and they and the government did not uh, uh, confiscate land they would take a confiscation of say movable goods like cow household furnishings uh to pay bills fines and things like that and the idea that, that if somebody accused some old widow woman anointment If someone accused a married woman and she's arrested, she doesn't own anything under the law. Her husband does. So there's nothing to take. And they never, ever got land. And the neighbor never got at
0: all. Ah, Well, it Uh, seems like that would be a bad, uh, you know, people could just go around accusing people if they wanted their land. That doesn't sound like a good system. Right. And so,
1: well, they didn't do it that way. (laughs) I I think they had reasons of their own to accuse the neighbor uh, probably
0: mistaken, of course. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I, I just, I, you know, we, we talk about those, again, those women, and I, I feel like, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but when when learning about the Salem Witch Trials, I feel like it's a little bit of a misconception that it was all, I mean, it, it, it is a misconception that it was all women, because as you mentioned, there were men involved. Why do you think that the men are often excluded from the conversation of witchcraft and the Salem Witch Trials? Oh,
1: well, most of the accused were women, and it was probably a lot. Well, it was a lot easier for women to seem to be out of line and, you know, disruptive than than men. But uh, yeah, there were several men. In yeah, fact, one of the one of them who was hanged was a minister.
0: Oh, whoa! This obviously happened a long time ago. Was mm-hmm. there ever any answers that came out of this situation that uh, could explain the young women's fits?
1: Well, there's a lot of theories. I, I go with the psychological one. Yeah. There's uh, the ever popular ergot suggestion that it's a mold that occurs on a rye, which they did grow. Uh, but the people. ergot poisoning can cause involvement. If the person who's eating it has a vitamin A deficiency, and the diet that they had available at the time at that time and place made that unlikely, if the person did have a uh, didn't have a vitamin A deficiency, then the symptom is not convulsions but gangrene, and that's never mentioned. Oh. Also. Yeah. Oh. You might notice that that's happening. Yeah. But also, everybody in the family would be eating from the same loaf of bread. And only kids, you know, young women and, and 11-year-olds were having problems. That that really doesn't work.
0: Mm-hmm. So how many people in total died as a result of the Salem Witch Trials? Uh, 19 people were hanged. Okay. One man
1: was pressed to death. Because he would not agree to be tried by the court, pressed to death. Yes. What Uh, does that uh, mean? Well, if let's see, this is uh, it was legal in England and in Europe. Pain, duré, strong and harmful. Uh, When you go on trial, you you say whether you're guilty or not guilty. He he pled not guilty. Then there's a question, how how will you be tried? And you're supposed to say, by God, in this court. Well, he wasn't going to give this court in front of him any validation, so he would not answer this. And technically, you have three chances to answer that you cooperate with being tried by the court that you're in front of. So he's given three chances on three days to say that he will and he just stays quiet he he won't say anything which is called standing mute and the penalty for that which is on the books but never used in new england is to be pressed to death which is to be placed on your back i guess there's a board over the person to distribute the weight and and a a rock or something is put on top and you can answer whether you're going to cooperate or not And they keep adding rocks until you cooperate or you die
0: mm-hmm.
1: so uh, they had they almost did this once before when someone wouldn't cooperate that is they threatened and and this is earlier in the century and uh, the person uh, said they cooperate rather than go through that another time the court decided they just ignore the threat but this time they felt they had to follow through so giles corey was to death. Oh and gosh. not over three days. He had three chances, but uh, it was one day. And that that's That's enough to
0: damage. Richard. That is horrible. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's um, it is horrific. Oh. And they never did that again. No. So how did this all end? I mean, you have all these people who were hanged and then um, one who was pressed to death. How hmm. what and at what moment did they go? This needs to stop. Well, there was
1: objections to it. And during the summer. There were at least two hundred. There were more than two hundred and fifty people who signed petitions for the certain of the accused, or spoke up in court, we made depositions. We assume they got a chance to speak, but we don't know. Uh, and that's ignored because you know they could have been retaliation against them. But although apparently there was not, uh, there were eight hangings in September, which was the busiest month. And by October, people were re. Assessing things, there have been, it, there has been advice from various ministers in the course of the summer not to accept spectral 11, which is the the afflicted people's descriptions of the spirits that are coming after them and hurting them. That seemed to be the biggest reason that anybody was considered a witch. <laughs> People advised against it at the beginning. Mather wrote a letter to one of the judges who asked him, uh, saying that this is not something you can trust because any information would come from the devil and you can't trust anything the devil says and you don't know if that's where the information is coming from. But they ignored that, the judges, and assumed that what they were seeing, which must have been pretty alarming, uh, really had a, a diabolical source behind it mm-hmm. but uh by october Increase Mather thought father had written a essay about how you cannot trust spectral evidence and they're more willing to listen to it then there's also more opposition there's not enough paperwork on this part but i think there were more people speaking out against the way the court proceeded so the governor uh, suspended the special court that had been trying witchcraft case, and uh, wrote to England saying, we'll wait for your advice. Unfortunately, advice did not come from England until the following January, in which case the advice was your best, in effect. Meanwhile, winter is coming on. The jails, as I said, weren't built to hold people forever or for very long, and they're crowded. Uh, families are petitioning to let their suspect tin folk out on bail, at least over the winter. Some of the younger younger suspects were let out on bail because there were teenagers who were accused as well as did. Uh, and finally, in January, when the, our... As I say, there was a charter that people didn't know about until later. But what was in it? Well, one of the requirements was to have a, a regular superior court that would try all capital cases. So in January, this court, many of the same judges on it, uh, heard the last of the witchcraft cases, even without England's advice because that was going to show up in July. And they were not to used spectral evidence. Uh, Some 50 cases were heard in January, lots of them, most of them, dismissed by the grand jury as not having enough evidence, ignoring the indictment. And of those who were tried by a jury, only only three were found guilty. And the King's attorney, which is like an attorney general, Mm -hmm. said that he thought that the evidence against those three was no better than the evidence, spectral evidence against the people who had been found guilty the summer before, and at the last minute, the next set of hangings that might have happened was canceled until further notice. It didn't happen. The next, the rest of the trials in, for the different counties that the suspects lived in happened in uh, the winter, like April and May. And the last one in May, no one in those were found guilty. Okay. So people were being let out of jail once
0: they and fines, uh, fees, and room and board. We'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. What was the reaction of the family members of some of these people? Because I, I, I always wondered that—you know—if they truly believed that their loved one was a witch, were they on board with what was happening to them, or were they trying to get them out as, in any way possible?
1: Right. Uh, well, according to one of the confessors, her brother-in-law was saying, "Well, we we know you're a witch all the way into Salem to be tried uh, to to the, to her hearing." So. That family wasn't very stand up about it, but Oof. then he changed changes his mind. There were petitions in the winter, saying uh, when between the trials, saying that uh, they had, they they trusted their relatives, but you know at least let them out on there. Mm-hmm. We were mis we collectively were mistaken in assuming the worst of Rebecca Nurse's family. She was one of the first uh, accused in March of ninety two. Her family stuck by her from the very beginning. They uh, got witness, uh, witnesses to speak for her, they got petitions signed, they even went to, uh, and in fact, her verdict was originally not guilty, but there was such a reaction of apparent bewitchment of and affliction among the, the girls who were having convulsions. That she was tried on a different indictment of having just caused that, and uh, she was found guilty on that one. Mm-hmm. It was at, uh, oh, one of the moments where you wish things had just been a little different. In uh, when the second uh, the second trial, her second trial, same same day, first the jury is, isn't in agreement as to what has been happening. So the foreman comes out and asks her. When when Rebecca Nurse had said, why is she testifying here? She's one of us. What did you mean by that? Was she, you know, one of us witches or one of us suspects? Uh. And she doesn't answer because she can't hear them. She's a little deaf and she's also exhausted. So they don't get an answer, and they find her guilty. That is
0: heartbreaking.
1: And when they find that out, because she writes a statement, uh, they do later issue with, that the jury issues a statement saying we didn't hear, we didn't know she couldn't hear us.
0: I wanted to ask you, because we were chatting a little bit before we hopped on, before we clicked that record button, and I asked you what interested you so much about this. And you said, you know, it started off, you know, it's spooky, it's, it's fascinating. Um, but then you learned that these people are real people. So what, what did you learn that led you to that?
1: Well, finding out more about their lives apart from the hearing. The hearing notes is of questions and answers that have survived from the hearing, not the trial, that was used as evidence at the time. You, you hear their voice in it sometimes if the notes are thorough enough. And looking up other information about what the rest of their lives were like. Of course, it's hard to find out little anecdotes that make people seem alive. But if if somebody is in trouble with the court earlier, there might be some information about that, or family anecdotes, events that were recorded at the time. For example, not just the fact that her first trial was not guilty and the second one was guilty. Her her reason for being misunderstood that she's she's old she's a, an elderly woman. But for the time, uh, and she's caught She's exhausted from everything. She's been in jail for months, and she's tired of hearing to begin with. And it it makes a real person with some real real problems. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. No, I mean, it's, it's absolutely true. It's it's something that we see played out in, in fiction, you no, know, like stories, books, movies, things like that. But, you know, these are real people. And, and what was happening to them was also very real for them and their families. Um, I do. I do want to end with this question, because, you know, back to that point. I mean, how do you think the societal understanding of witchcraft has evolved from that moment to now?
1: Well, as in Salem in October nowadays, witch can mean a number of things. I mean, there's the historical witches, alleged witches, who were unfairly accused of doing something they hadn't done. There's witches, according to the actual original accusation, as someone who deliberately allied... Satan in order to make everything worse for everybody and make people reign through the world, which they had not done, but that's what people assume, witches were up to. Mm. And as witches nowadays uh, as, neo, as pagan, neo-pagans, uh, uh, a nature-based religious a- outlook, ac- according to what they say, uh, which is has no devil to it and is not trying to cast evil spells on anybody and then there's the fairy tale and the fictional witches who do magic for good or evil in everywhere from Hollywood to Mother Goose so it depends what people mean when they say it it's kind of hard to know sometimes what Mm. somebody thinks when they say it yeah but I'm mostly interested in this historical
0: ones who were definitely not. Right. You you think back to that time, too. I mean, there was a lot less information and uh, technology, things that you can use to maybe discover the true meaning behind why these things were happening. And we have a, a special insight into that now. And and you gave us a lot of great insights. So, Marilyn, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, have a great Halloween. Thank you. <laughs> Right, if you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways about the Salem Witch Trials. Number one, a common misconception about the Salem Witch Trials is that the accused witches in Massachusetts were burned at the stake. That actually took place in England and Scotland, but not in Massachusetts. Marilyn noted that some people still go to Salem asking where the witches were burned at the stake, and they are then told that that did not happen here. Number two. Something else people got wrong at the time was that a person thought that if they accused their neighbor of being a witch, that they would then get their neighbor's land. Well, that wasn't the case, and it actually backfired because then the accuser was under suspicion as well. And even if someone was convicted, their land was still not given away. And number three, it was a rarity that cases were dismissed against these accused witches because, as you could probably guess, there was a lack of evidence. You would think it would be the opposite, but apparently not in the 1600s. Some were eventually released, but others would die in prison first because the conditions were so bad at that time. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on the Salem Witch Trials. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting School with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed.